Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Awakening Universal Minds. Uh, my name is Brother Beniti, a.k.a. Brother Michael, and Brother Ravana Noon with us. Apologize for being late, having a little uh, technical problems here getting in. Just bear with me for a minute, trying to make sure everything is working. Let me just make sure I got Brother Ravana Noon. Brother Ravana Noon, you there? I'm here. Ravana Noon. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm having some problems, so just... Uh, I might have to like text you in between. I, I was having problems getting in. Uh, the the site wasn't coming up. It was taking forever to load. Um, so I'm not sure what's going on, but uh, I'm in now. Appears I could hear you. I couldn't hear nothing. It was coming up too, and then it was. Uh, it was a problem. I don't know what it was. That's what was taking me so long to get in. Anyway, we want to welcome everybody to the show again. Apologize for being a little bit late. Um. We're going to continue the second part of our series tonight. Before we get to that, just brief introduction. If you're a new listener to the show, first time tuning in, if somebody told you about it, and again, this is more so for first time or brand new listeners, this is an occult black magic, left-hand path, metaphysical, alchemy, African sorcery, and witchcraft. These are the topics that we discuss on this show. Very important you understand that. It's not a religious show. Uh, we're not concerned with your personal religious ideology your personal belief system, uh, all those things are irrelevant. Um, this is a show about uh, being on a path of self-mastery, of self-deification, which uh, simply means you are the sole governor, sole ruler, and controller of your destiny and spirituality. Um, we don't, on this path, in any shape, form, or fashion, externally worship anything. Uh, that is one of the greatest travesties you can do on this path. Most of the topics, or just about, I'm going to say 99.9% of them that we talk about uh, on this path are from experience. Uh, when we're talking about certain areas of study, metaphysical orders, esoterical orders, uh, fraternal orders, it's because we've actually walked through those orders, participated in them, and are currently active in some of those orders. Again, we don't say that because it's mandatory that you have to join any of those orders or be initiated in any of those orders. But unfortunately, you can tell when some people are talking out of their ass. Um, so the only way you can reform or correct the misinformation in those orders is by experiencing them. That's the importance uh, on certain levels of being initiated in those orders because you can read all the books in the world. You can study all and watch all the YouTube videos you want in the world. That's not going to prepare you for certain elements on this path. There is, there is a part of this path um, that is about experiencing, and that's very critical and key in certain situations 
and scenarios. Okay, and real quick, a couple quick announcements uh, before we begin. Uh, upcoming events uh, for this month, October 2017. Uh, we have actually possible event this week, depending on the weather. It's been a little rainy here. Uh, might be rainy over the weekend. So I know some of the local people uh, are coming out. We are supposed to be doing a drumming on the beach this uh, Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. in Pompano Beach, which is in North Fort Lauderdale. Um, that's pending on the weather right now. Uh, just been uh, rainy and cloudy off and on, so we're not sure how that's going to pan out, so we'll watch that. Uh, that's supposed to be Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. Uh, then we also uh, have on the 27th of October at Cultural Expressions, uh, we are doing our next ritual, which is a triad of light and darkness ritual. Um, flyer being put together for that right now. Um, if you are not on the list um, and you would like to receive a copy of that with all the information on it, uh, you can email khnum19 at gmail.com and we will get that information uh, over to you. Um, so that's what we got going on uh, for this month. Having said that, bring Brother Ravana Noon in. All right. Peace, everybody. Uh, Brother Ravana Noon. Uh, as Brother Benito was saying, this is Left Hand Pass Coach Show meaning that we don't deal with uh, the fluffiness, the uh, the sweetness and the niceness of everything. We deal with all aspects of the occult that are basically dealing with confronting yourself so that you can take your weaknesses, make them a strength, take your strengths and make them stronger. And in order to do that, you have to hold a mirror up to your face and not uh, deal with the self-delusional concepts that we've created like we're so great so amazing when in reality our shit is only as strong as our weakness and unfortunately we have a lot of weaknesses and people don't like to deal with that fact uh so if you come here and you're hoping to hear how great you are how original you are how melanated you are how divine you are how you're the greatest pharaohs that ever existed and uh this is not the right show because what the reality is in 2017, yes, that's ancestry, that's historical, but today we got to face reality. We ain't doing shit. A lot of us are not progressing or elevating. So this show is about focusing on dealing with your shit so you can move forward and progress. Peace. I appreciate that, Brother Ravonna. All right, so what we're going to do this evening, we're going to continue the second part in our series on the book of Bilal and the, and the uh, satanic Bible. Um, as we said before, uh, again, not everything there is to be taken literally. Uh, some people are still kind of spooked out about the book, unfortunately, because uh, people still have preconditioned and preconceived notions when they hear terms such as the occult left-hand path. Uh, they automatically, unfortunately, out of ignorance, gravitate towards what most people know as modern-day Satanism. And as we've said before on many previous shows, there's a lot of stuff out there that claims to identify with left-hand path, and it's the furthest thing from left-hand path. Okay, left-hand path, we just want to clear this up because we do get a lot of emails on this. Left-hand path is just simply a term that just describes you going against the norm. And let me explain real quick. Right hand is always considered the positive. The left hand, quote, unquote, is always considered the negative. So it's just a term 
that states you don't conform, you don't go with the norm, you're not a conformist, you don't follow every, anything because somebody else is doing it. It's just you basically making a statement that you make your own decisions and you don't let anybody influence that, especially when it comes to your spirituality. So it's not even a – it's not – technically it's not a religion because a Satanist will call it a religion just as the word Satan means adversary. That's it. But, again, mythological and faith-based religions have turned – that term into a whole fictitious character called Satan and the devil, and, and people get all spooked out into this whole religious dogma. So we want to make that clear. That's not real left-hand path because uh, what most people know as modern-day Satanism is basically uh, a religion that's adverse to Christianity. It's centered around its being the antithesis to Christianity, for lack of, lack of better words. But when you get into the, the Satanic Bible and the book of Bilal, because remember, if you've done your research, the individual who so-called founded the uh, church, and I say so-called because you're going to find out that a lot of the, context, a lot of the, the uh, information and, and context of this Satanic Bible comes from a multitude of different occult cultures and theories, because basically on his experience and study, and I'm talking about Anton LaVey, who authored this book, uh, basically put together various different cultures that he grafted a lot of the information from uh, because of his experience and study. Now, you would only know that if you yourself have studied and researched. You can see in certain portions of the book that he's taken information, uh, you know, from African culture. He's even, if you pull up some of his interviews on YouTube, he even, you know, strictly mentions that, uh, that he has grafted some of the information from African witchcraft and other African traditions, number one. Number two, he's also grafted it from a lot of uh, alchemical and metaphysical traditions, such as the Gold Order, the Golden Dawn, OTO, uh, etc. The list goes on. So basically, he came up with this book that has some core principles in working black magic, mainly the book of Bilal. Um, and I would encourage you, if you have not read the book in its entirety, you should, um, because there's some key points in there. Again, especially we're focusing specifically on the book of Bilal. We did the first section last week, which was the main ingredients for working, or the core ingredients, which uh, you know I thought covered a lot of important, you know, base elements that one needs to consider when, when working black magic. Uh, now, this week, what we're going to talk about, we're going to get into the second portion of this, the actual ritual itself, okay? How does one perform a black magic ritual? How, 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 how does it work? Um, now, what we're going to go over tonight doesn't necessarily mean you have to do it this way. Now, remember, this path is about creating your own methodology. So the right way to do something, because people will always ask, and that's where they make their biggest mistake. When somebody asks, I know me or anybody, and says, what's the right or wrong way to do something? Well, what that confirms is whether you're conscious of it or not, you're still in a mindset of following. And you should never be in that mindset on this path. You should always be gathering information for the sole purpose of creating your own spiritual path. So when we're going over the element of the actual ritual, these are, this is just a general idea how you can carry it out. 
Now, you can feel free in any shape, form, or fashion to add to it, take from it, uh, you know, change around if, if so need be, because remember, uh, on the left-hand path, you'll hear the term your, your uh, personal demon, your Agatha demon, which is basically you getting in tune with your real self. Some will call it your guardian angel, whatever the hell you want to call it, whatever gets you through the night, but it's your true self. And that's the whole objective. So you got to customize and put these rituals together to fit your needs. Who better knows your needs than you? The problem is when you get caught up in following traditions and following groups and dogmas and philosophies and get, and get stuck in a mindset where you feel compelled that you have to do it this way and this way only, that basically now you're back to uh, what we call established religion. And that's what you don't want to do on this path. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people who think they're conscious, who think they're spiritually liberated, but basically, as we said a million times before, they've left one religion or one dogma and they replaced it with another one, and they're just not conscious of it. Um, so not everybody that claims to be conscious or spiritually awake is actually in that state. Just because you pick up a few books on Egypt and you know a little history, that doesn't mean you're spiritually awake. Because it goes a little bit deeper than that. It goes a little beyond that. And we simply say this path is about getting results. So the question you need to ask yourself, wherever you think you are spiritually, wherever you think you're evolving, gauge it. Say how long, whatever you're doing now currently. I don't care if you're a Buddhist. I don't care if you claim to be a, uh, somebody who studied, studies comedic doctrine. I don't care if you're a black Hebrew Israelite. I don't care if you're a five percenter. Gauge the progress in your life, not just on one level, not just on what historical knowledge you gathered, because anybody can be a walking encyclopedia. That shit don't impress me. I'm saying analyze your life on a spiritual level, a mental level, emotionally, physically, and financially. And if you don't see consistent growth in all those areas, then you need to reevaluate what you claim you identify with spiritually, because what you identify with spiritually and we're not talking about religion because we know the downsides to that. We're talking about whatever you claim to consciously identify with spiritually, it should be producing results. And if you can't gauge it, if you've been in something for two to three years, four years, 10 years, 20 years, one year, if you're not seeing results, now especially if you've been in some shit 10, 15 years and you really ain't made no progress, you're just still doing the same old shit every day, then something is wrong. And that's part of the process of this path because, this path, as I said a minute ago, will help you identify with your real self. And as Ravana Noon was saying in the introduction, not just the shit that you big yourself up about, because we all like to think, oh, you know, we, we throw the term around, I'm a god, I'm a goddess, blah, blah, blah. That shit gives me a fucking headache. Sounds like Charlie Brown shit. But yet, there's no results to produce that. What are you producing as a god or a goddess? Other than saying it, and just because you read a couple books, that doesn't mean you're a god or a goddess. All right, so let's go into the actual ritual itself. We'll skip around a little bit. And if you, if you do have a copy of the Satanic Bible, I would pull it out. We're going to start on page 131. All right, basic steps, and we'll add a little bit to this. Um, things you should observe before actually beginning the ritual. Now, we talked about last week the ingredients, uh, sitting down, preparing your ritual, thinking it out, uh, What's the purpose of your ritual? What's the intent? What are you trying to accomplish? That was all, you know, key elements last week. 
that are critical and important that you really have to take into consideration. Because without that, the ritual is just pointless, period. So there has to be a purpose and a meaning for your ritual. All right? So when we get into some of these beginning steps, and we'll go through these. Just give me a second here. Just making sure everything is up and running here. All right. All right, so the beginning part here. Found my page. I lost my page. Hold on a second. Okay. All right, so beginning stages. The person performing the ritual uh, stands facing the altar and the symbol of Baphomet throughout the ritual except when other positions are specifically indicated. All right, here's, here's some of the bullshit of that. We're going to focus just on the symbol part. Um, it mentions Baphomet here, and that's fine. Um, but I'm going to tell you it depends on the ritual that you're working. I don't know if you want to add something to this, Brother Ravana. You can use any yeah. symbol you want. It just depends on the ritual. What do you want to add? Go ahead, brother. Uh, well, if anybody's working and uh, you want to substitute Baphomet, uh, just make sure that it's like Brother Vanity said. Make sure it's something that you currently uh, are needing to focus on or attack in your life. So uh, the archetype uh, should be related to something in that nature. Don't just say, well, you know, uh, I'm not going to work Baphomet, so I'm going to work with something. And then it's counteractive to what you're really trying to accomplish, and you pick an archetype that has nothing to do with your, what you're trying to accomplish simply because you like the archetype or it's so cute or so pretty, and that's counterproductive to what you're working. Make sure it's in line with the energies and the frequencies of what you're trying to work with and accomplish if you Correct. substitute the Baphomet. Correct. Yeah, and that's important. Now, remember, Baphomet is used in a lot of these rituals because of what it symbolizes and represents, especially on the path that we practice, which that's totality, uh, equilibrium, masculine and feminine energy, balancement, the four elements. Uh, again, we want to stress Baphomet as sometimes portrayed in these so-called left-hand path groups. It's not a deity. Okay, It's not an uh, aspect of this fictitious character called Satan and the devil that they promoted. Baphomet is a symbolic uh, representation of an alchemical force. And as you look also on the arms, you see the term in Latin, you know, from one stage of transition to another. Um, it's a symbol, okay? You, yeah, there's all the bullshit theories out there. I mean, I heard all the conspiracy theories. The Knights of Templar, they secretly worship Baphomet. And I get, get the fuck out of here. Okay, so my question to all those people that promote that because they saw it on YouTube and they read it in a book, if you're not a member of the Knights of Templar, you wouldn't even know that, okay? So unless you are an inside member with a, and you, you, you are initiated and belong to the Knights of Templar, uh, then you have no way of validating that. That's just a lot of mythology that was started by a lot of crusading Christians during the Middle Ages. Okay, that's where the origin of that uh, fictitious belief theory comes from. Um, so, again, don't don't believe every goddamn thing you're here on YouTube, and there's so much conspiracy bullshit out there. Um, but the symbol, don't get caught into a lot of the structure because that's not necessarily true. Uh, the second part, if possible, also should, also should be against the west wall. It could be any way you want it. 
I personally like it in the north in, in rituals because the north represents the darkness. Uh, that's right. Uh, especially on the Egyptian left-hand path because Set reigns in the north, okay? And that represents darkness and chaos. And out of that darkness and chaos, all things manifest. Uh, As you get the term, out of chaos and darkness comes order. Uh, But technically, in essence, depending on if you're doing it, if this is your your house, your apartment, or wherever you're doing it, feel free, you know, to to set it up wherever you need be. I'm going to skip some of the other ones because this, basically, to, to, to go in a nutshell, because we'll get into some of the 13 steps, uh, this basically is getting more into a structure of a particular, if you're basically doing a black mass, let's say. Um, now, what we've done, we've actually written our own black mass, and it's something we grafted from basically nothing and, and basically put it together in their own shape, form, or fashion. So what this basically gets into the six steps, and again, to me it's not mandatory. Uh, this is just getting into certain structure, but feel free uh, to run it any way you choose, okay? Now, I'm going to skip some of the steps now. I want to go into some of the working tools, uh, devices as it, as it terms in here, and the purposes for running these rituals. First, let's get into some of the basic implements of tools. And I think this is important because a lot of the tools you're going to see here, I'm going to skip and go to page 134, and then we're going to go back to 132 and 133. Um, I'm going to go to 134 real quick because you're going to find that regardless of what form or system you're practicing, a lot of these tools are very similar uh, in these rituals. And this is why I said this book has, especially the book of Bilal, has a lot of core principles that I think people should really read and should really study. All right, let's start basically with clothing. This is a lot of people always ask this question. All right, black robes uh, is recommended here, uh, hooded or non-hooded. Uh, black is chosen for the attire in the ritual chamber because it is symbolic of the powers of darkness. Um, and that's why we said what that darkness represents. Um, now, I find this to be very effective when we do group rituals. But in essence, you can do this if you're if you're working something individually, um, but technically, if you you can wear whatever you want. Um, I do think in certain rituals, though, the attire, if worn certain attire, I should say, uh, does enhance the ritual. Um, that's just my opinion. Uh, but if you want to do this in your boxer shorts, that's entirely up to you. Um, I don't know what your thoughts on that is, Ravonu, as far as attire and clothing for these particular rituals. Well, it, it, like you said, it depends on the ritual. If 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 you're doing a deific mass ritual, let's say, um, where you're basically embodying and invoking a certain archetype, uh, why not go all out? You're you're actually trying to invoke and embody where you eventually become that that archetype or deity. So why don't you go all out and bring it to the maximum level you could bring it? It has more of a profound effect on your subconscious mind and the reprogramming of that part of yourself so if that ritual is, is something that is a grand ritual yeah go all out you, by all means but if it's more of a relaxed laid-back ritual then you don't it's not necessarily something you have to do all the time but it depends on you know what which way you're trying to take it if it's something grand i'm going all out 
But if it's just something more relaxed, you know, then I'll I'll be more uh, toned down and stuff. So, right, that's a good point. So I mean, basically, as far as far as clothing or attire, I guess I guess you should really just simply, you know, depending on what type of ritual you, you're doing, should should determine, uh, you know, as far as you should go with that. Uh, but again, no right or wrong way. Uh, altar, obviously, very critical uh, when working a ritual. Um, Altars obviously go back in many different cultures. Um, ancient times, they were used for a multitude of purposes. Uh, definitely should have a working altar, uh, you know, when working these rituals. Um, now, again, altars can be set up in a multitude of, of, of ways. And, again, the, the way the altar should be set up, which we're going to get into next, um, <coughs> obviously is going to determine again, the type of ritual you're working with. Because the next step talks about symbols, and it mentions the symbol of Baphomet again. Um, now, the symbols, again, as we mentioned earlier just a couple of minutes ago, that should be determined based on simply, again, the type of ritual that you're getting ready to perform. Um, so you make that adjustment. Again, it has to be conducive, obviously, to the type of ritual you're working. So... Don't just throw uh, a symbol out there because you like it. It should be conducive and goes along with the particular working uh, that you're doing. Um, and I'm going to go through this, these quickly, and then we'll talk about this. Uh, I'm not going to read them all because that's just a little bit too time-consuming. Uh, the other implements and mentions here, candles, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, depending, again, on the ritual, for the most part, depends on the type of ritual as far as the color of the candles. Now, here it's going to mention black and white, which usually are the standard that you would use in the majority of these rituals, um, which for the most part is pretty accurate, but there are some rituals where you might use other colors. For an example, if you're doing a ritual for Baron Samdi, you might use purple. Um, just depends on, the, again, the ritual will determine uh, that factor. Bell, bell is symbolic of when the bell is rung, uh, purifying the air, Okay. It's just a symbolic gesture, and you'll find that was done in uh, many different cultures. Uh, then you have the chalice, um, and the chalice is always used uh, as a pact, uh, as a symbol of, you know, you know, connecting the, the, the personal essence of the ritual and what you're doing, um, along with the elixir, as it mentions, or the type of exotic fluid that you would use in the chalice, and that plays a very, very important role. Um, chalice can also be, I know when you're, when you're doing personal de uh, demon work, uh, something I like to do is take uh, the sword or something called the athemi, which is the next implement, uh, and basically I will go counterclockwise with it, and you could actually charge the elixir with your personal energy and absorb you know, and intake it, which that gets into a whole other thing. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, then, it, then it mentions, which some of this stuff is not really necessary, these last three here, uh, phallus, that's more so for a black mask, which that to me is a bunch of bullshit. Uh, the gong, which I don't fuck with any of that, but that's optional. Some people like to, you know, hit the gong prior and after because it adds a little dramatic. Uh, I think that shit is straight corny, so I don't mess with any of that. That's personal. And parchment. Parchment is used in a lot of, that's the last one mentioned here, Parchment is used for a lot of different rituals. Uh, I like to use them for pack rituals, uh, for writing out maybe specific things you're trying to accomplish in a ritual. 
Um, and some people like to seal their ritual with writing some type of pact or contract on a piece of parchment paper um, or might use that parchment paper in the types of rituals. If you're, if you're casting a ritual, let's say, to destroy an enemy, uh, it could be a sex or a lust ritual. There's different types of rituals. Um, it just all depends on, you know, what you're working. So real quick, uh, so Brother Ravon Noon, again, I just wanted to go through that fast. I didn't really want to get into reading all of the stuff in between because really it's unnecessary. These are the standard working implements on your altar. Again, let's review real quick. Okay, you have your candles, bell, incense, chalice, athemi, altar, ritualistic attire. These, these are the core bases. So when people are asking questions, and we get a lot of these emails, people ask questions, you know, where do I start? How do I begin? Well, get your basics together. Get your, you know, your ritual planned out. Don't just jump into something because you're so anxious to do it, but you haven't really given it any thought. So on that note, I don't know if there's um, maybe some other implements. Now, even though we got the standard, maybe there's some other things, uh, Brother Rabana known. we can also uh, share with people that we might use that were not mentioned on that list. You understand? So let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, outside of the mentioned implements, what are the implements w- w- would you maybe use or, or something you could suggest to people listening? Uh, a skull. A skull yeah. is essential, in my opinion, for black magic rituals. Um, it's essential for the symbolism. It's essential if you're doing ancestral work. It's essential for many different things, but it, um, to me it's almost like a a mouthpiece or communication piece to my subconscious mind and, you know, very, various different workings. But I, I would say a skull is pretty essential uh, on an altar. Um, that's the main thing that comes to my mind right now is a skull. Man, I'm, I'm glad you bring it up. And as you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a skull fanatic, man. I got yeah. a lot yes, of I know. I have a lot of different images, and it is. It's powerful because especially, again, when you're working with the ancestors and the spirits of the dead, uh, which I do a lot of work with, and I find the more I've decorated my altar with red skulls, vampire skulls, uh, black ones, uh, Grim Reaper type of uh, figures and things of that nature, it, it does create a certain vibe and energy. And, again, this is the importance of the evidence. Let's stress this. What are the importance of all these implements and tools and things of this nature? Remember, what you're doing, one of the key ingredients that we talked about last week was what? Imagery, right? When we were going over the key ingredients of working an effective ritual, one of the most important things was imagery because your imagery is going to give strength to the ritual. Now, lack thereof, like Brother Ron, you said a few minutes ago, if you're doing a big ritual and, you, you know, you want to go all out, you definitely want to enhance the imagery aspect of it because if you just go into it, you know, flat, no energy, and the imagery isn't strong, uh, like you say, there's a disconnect there. So, yeah, most, most definitely a, a skull um, is, is definitely uh, something I, I also believe is definitely a necessity when working black magic. Um, and I would also say what we call – an altar tile. I like to have um, a pentagram at the center. This is just me, a pentagram right in the mm-hmm. front center of my altar. Um, I actually have actually three scattered about on different altars, but I'll keep a central one right in the center 
uh, forming that head, uh, quote-unquote, of Baphomet. And I also think it's good to have an altar banner, some symbol that you connect with. Uh, be, I'll have vampirism and I'll have a set with the chaos staff directly behind my altar um, because that's, that's a lot of the system and the energy that I'll work with. So you should have some. And the reason why, because when you're facing your altar, whether it's working a ritual or you're just meditating or doing, you know, any type of visualization work, et cetera, you should be able to look at that symbol and it should activate your subconscious mind to the point where it automatically connects you and takes you there. So I would also recommend if you work a particular system that's very effective for you or you gravitate towards a particular system, you should have symbols behind your altar uh, that represent that. So, I mean, those are just some of the key things. Um, Again, there's there's other things you could throw in there. There's other things you could add. Um, There's no right or wrong way. We just want to make that clear. There is no right or wrong way. Feel free to do what you need to do to decorate your altar, to enhance it. Um, again, that's, that's strictly, you know, up to you. So there is no right or wrong way. There's only your way. Um, that takes care of basically, I mean, the basics. Uh, now the types of rituals. Let's get a little, let's go backtrack just a hair. Um, what, what, what type of ritual you're working? Right, for an example, there's prosperity slash money rituals. Um, so this, I'm, we're bringing this up now because this is going to determine, you know, maybe how you set up your altar, how you go into the working, how you mentally prepare, how you get ready, um, and how, like, like Ravana Noon said a couple of minutes ago, how extravagant or non-extravagant you go. Um, so again, you have financial prosperity rituals, rituals to work against an individual or an enemy. You have uh, sex or lust rituals. You have um, protection rituals, not in the sense. I, I like to refer to this more to get yourself harmonized, not because you're fighting some external forces. Um, then there's uh, rituals simply for spiritual growth. Like Brother Ravana said, if you're doing a ritual of a deific mass, and you're trying to invoke or, or evoke, I should say, the particular, a particular archetype uh, to embody the consciousness of what that archetype represents, uh, then that also is going to determine how you're going to adjust um, for the ritual. Um, now, how you do it, again, many people will read books. They'll see, let's say, uh, financial prosperity ritual. Say so you're working... Uh, something for finances or money, and you read something in a book. Again, I want to stress this. Don't get caught up again in doing it word verbatim how you see it in the book. What you should focus on is the implements that's associated with the ritual as far as, let's say, the colors of the candles, the working tools, etc. and then you should really come up with your own for the most part. Um, don't mean you can't follow the format that might you might have read in the book, but you should put a touch on it that's personal and that's, that's your own. Because if you don't, uh, to me, it's not as effective. Um, so that's critical. Uh, I don't know if there's anything you wanted to add to that, uh, Brother Ron, as far as the type of rituals. Yeah, um, each, each type of ritual, like you should put your own personal stamp on it. 
because there is not one particular way to do every ritual. It's, your personal stamp should be something that is creative, something that you thought out in a well-conceived manner, and um, use it to execute that ritual to to basically put your energy on it. If you just go and do a money ritual and you find 10 different money rituals and they're all from somebody else, well, that's their ritual. It's not really your ritual. And it's more, it's not going to be as effective as if you put your stamp, your creativity on that ritual in your way. And don't tell me you can't come up with it because that everybody has some form of creativity where they can come up with an idea on how to do it differently. So that is probably, to me, one of the most important parts is always putting your stamp on every ritual you do in your particular way, whether it's using a chalice at the end, whether it's, uh, you know, drawing a certain sigil, uh, whatever the case is, put your stamp on it. Right. Now, you mentioned the chalice. I'm going to tell you, I I really like working with the chalice, but a lot of rituals you'll find – uh, they do, especially if it's invoking, um, they do, they use the chalice in the beginning portion of the ritual. Now, I like to do that more so in ceremonial magic, but I find when I'm doing a personal ritual, if I'm doing it, an individual ritual by myself, I like, again, to use the chalice as a kind of a, like you just mentioned, Brother Ravana Noor, uh, like I'm sealing it as a pat. I'll make, I'll say, I'll say in like an oath, if I'm working with a particular archetype, as a, you know, as I partake of this, you know, uh, elixir, um, I am ingesting what it represents, et cetera, et cetera, what, whatever you want to say. And I kind of use it, like you just said, to kind of seal the deal, kind of close it out, finish it. Um, and what, again, as I mentioned earlier, what I like to do is take my theming, my, my sword or dagger, whatever you want to call it, and I'll charge it with my personal demon's energy by going around the top of the rim of the chalice counterclockwise. And I'll do that uh, nine times. And then I will go ahead and drink from the chalice because uh, I'm fueling that, again, with my personal energy uh, and making a pact. Um, whether it's – it doesn't matter. The pact can be on any level. So, you know, the whole point being is um, you can get creative with it, but I do find – uh, subconsciously, the lasting impression that working with some of these implements, especially the chalice, it does leave a lasting impression on the subconscious mind. What do I mean by that? Because you always remember the symbolic gesture of taking partaking of that chalice is always going to be a reminder of that pact that you made. Uh, and again, as I mentioned earlier, parchment paper, some people, again, uh, like to write out on parchment paper, and I find this effective too, what it is you're trying to accomplish in the ritual and place that upon the altar. Um, or if you're trying to eliminate an enemy, some like to write the names of the enemies on the parchment paper and burn the parchment paper. That gets into a whole other uh, particular element. Um, so again, yeah, you know, the working tools, they can be adjusted uh, on a multitude of levels. So don't get caught up in this, uh, you know, this has to be done, this, this point you have to use this for that. No, I mean, you, you can get creative with it. Um, I even like to, you know, use my Athemia sword when working with sigils and drawing the sigils over my altar in the air with, with my Athemia. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, very, that's a very powerful tool. Um, I mean, 
the list can go on and on and on. I mean, you can actually, if you don't, I, I, I don't really draw too many. Some people actually like to draw them out. I, I don't really do that. Um, again, if you do, that's fine. But I, I like to just take my, my, my um, dagger and, and draw them above the altar or in front of the altar, depending on, again, the type of ritual that's being focused on. And what does that do? I think it's and the reason why I say that, I want to be clear on this. I think you use more more mental power because when you draw it, let's say it in the air, you're, now you're, you're formulating the image in your mind and you're drawing from that, that symbol mentally. Whereas I think when you physically have it, say, drawn out, I think um, you don't use as much mental power to draw from the let studio. Me, as, mm-hmm. let, me, let me ask so I add on to that because I was about to comment on that too. Whenever you can imagine something without physically manifesting it what i mean by that is without having to draw the sigil if you could actually imagine the sigil in your head in your mind it's more potent for the simple fact that you're accessing more portion of your brain power than if you're actually translating it onto a piece of paper not that there's not power behind that there is but listen the key even albert einstein was asked how do you measure intelligence? He said in, in his mind, he said intelligence is not knowledge. Intelligence is imagination. He said anybody can acquire knowledge, but do you have the imagination to expand that knowledge and take it further? So think of that in respect to doing your rituals. If you have an imagination where you could actually uh, draw a sigil with and a theme, a sword, a wand, whatever floats your boat, and you can actually visualize it in your mind as if it's actually being drawn on a paper, but it's still being done, let's say, in a, in a spiritual sense. There's more potency behind that because your mind power has to be utilized to a greater capacity to do that than just manifesting it on a physical paper. So always remember, the more you use your imagination, the greater your mental capacity is. That's correct. And that's, 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 that's important because a lot of these rituals, we, we had a conversation about this, I believe it was yesterday or the day before. Um, we tend to, this, I'm, we're going to keep it 100, I, I, I tend to see, more people fall off when you get into the mental aspect of working a lot of these rituals. Now, a lot of the rituals, per se, uh, on the Egyptian left-hand path, when you work in a lot of these uh, quote-unquote uh, rituals dealing with the Egyptian archetypes, a lot of it is exercising your mental power. And this is where people get lost because some people can't really, uh, you know, vibrate or connect um, per se when there's nothing tangible there in front of them, it becomes difficult. Now, the reason for that is, is because obviously there's been, now we, we also got to take this into consideration. Regardless of how old you are, right, you can be a teen, in your teens. You can be in your 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever. You could have 15, 20, 30 years, quote, unquote, where you claim you, you're, you're conscious or awoke or whatever, whatever you want to claim it. But we've been so indoctrinated with faith and belief and religion that some of it we're not aware of, and, and the impact and the trauma of it carries over or filters over into some of the work we do on this path, whether we're conscious of it or not. 
Um, and this is a problem. Why I say this is a problem is because when it gets to, say, the mental aspect that we're talking about now, the mind tends to shut down because it's been conditioned for so many years that it needs something tangible to focus on. And when that's not there, there's a void there. So the mind will automatically shut down because it doesn't know how to connect because it's only, it only connects to what it's been fed. And what I mean by what has been fed is what the conscious, what you're, you're, you're conscious of on the surface because that stuff doesn't go away overnight. And I know some people like to believe that, yeah, you know, and I hear, <laughs> I hear this shit all the time. Trust me when I tell you. I know some people like to say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I, I'm done with that. No, I've mastered that. Oh, no, I don't deal with that no more. But we're not talking about maybe on the surface. You, you've made that declaration, fine. Maybe, you know, on the surface, to an extent, you've separated from it. But we always say, have you really gone back and done what we call a self-inventory of yourself, a self-check? You've got to go back into the inner depths of your subconscious mind and find all those different traumas that impact you, that might be holding you down, that might be weighing you down because – you'll also find out this is what will create a certain ineffectiveness in performing some of the rituals that we're talking about tonight. Now, why? Why does it create an ineffectiveness? Real simple, because you're not approaching it in the right mind state. When you're not approaching it, and we're not just talking about consciously, we're talking about subconsciously. Now, let me give you an example real quick. Well, we performed a ritual this past weekend. Uh, We did the invocation of asset and Hathor, all right? And that ritual is, is, represents activating the feminine energy, creating harmony within the black advent. Um, we made it crystal clear before we did the ritual what the ritual symbols, what, what it symbolized, and what you should be focusing on. When working with archetypes, unfortunately, some people still struggle and they still approach it subconsciously in a mind state of worshiping something. Yep, yep, yep. And that's not what you want to do. Because, again, you're not worshiping something. You're activating certain portions of your psyche that represent those energies. Because when I'm using the asset Hathor, it dealt with, there's one aspect, let's say, of Hathor, who she's known as the goddess of love. But she doesn't just represent the sexual aspect of things, because it also states in there that passion and that drive can be utilized, you evolving into what you want to be and what you're trying to become. So it's focusing more so on the energy. It's the drive and the passion and what the energy represents. Now, it can be used for the physical aspect when dealing with love, but it can also be used if you're trying to obtain dominance in the profession, if you're trying to be the best at what you do. And as I said before, on this path, I don't give a shit if, you're a, if you work at McDonald's, you're a garbage man, whatever, the, whatever it is you do, you're supposed to be the best at what you do. The be, you, you be the best garbage man if that's what you are. You understand? So you have to be able to focus in on what the archetypes represent. This is what we mean when you hear us say over and over, when working these rituals, the objective is to embody what the archetype represents. Um, if there's anything you wanted to add to that, Brother Von Nuke, because then I wanted to kind of get into a little bit the objective and subjective when working these yeah. rituals. Well, um, let me just say this. Uh, this might actually tap into what you're about to go to, but let me just say this. 
people still externalize everything. And what do I mean by that? A lot of times when we're listening here on the show or we're having emails or discussions, people still literally think that Aset, that uh, Hathor Heteru, Sekhmet, Kali, Lilith, whoever the fuck floats your boat, literally is contacting you, literally speaking to you, literally is 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 making you uh their child. Okay? There's a problem with that. As Beniti clearly stated at the at the beginning of the show, we've said many times throughout this show, it's a path of self deification. How can you deify yourself as God but yet worship somebody else as a God or look upon external things as if they have more power than you. You understand, the minute you do that, you just took away your own power and lessened it and gave it to somebody or something, and you took the essence and the power away from yourself. So when the reason why we repeatedly go over this on the shows is because people still are literally worshiping these archetypes. They literally think that Kali is sh- uh, hugging them at night and sharing and whispering things into their ear and saying, you're my daughter and I'm happy you come home. Listen, your mind can create anything it wants to. And the one thing your mind wants is to feel like some greater power than yourself is acknowledging your existence but here's what you don't here's what you're not realizing you created the archetype our collective unconscious minds created these archetypes as symbols of great achievements that you can accomplish while in your body Okay, uh-huh. it wasn't to be worshipped. It wasn't to be uh, groveled to. It wasn't to be offering fruits and vegetables and all kinds of things to. It was simply a metaphor for some great level that you could reach that we all have the potential to reach. For example, Kali being a destructive dark energy. It's symbolic of that part of ourselves that can be destructive at any point in time, depending on the situation. Aset being a great mother, but yet being a sorceress, is symbolic of woman's motherly nature, but also a side of them that is not confirmed or talked about too much of them being great magicians or sorcerers. These are just levels you can reach. And this is why across cultures, regardless of race, nationality, creed, they all have similar archetypes with the same attributes across this planet because it is a collective unconscious thing that we created. So stop externalizing as if Kali really came to you or Mamambrajit came to you or Baun Samdi came to you None of that shit is really what's happening. What's happening is your superconscious or your true self is basically telling your subconscious, yo, listen, you are deficient or lacking or you need to work yeah. on this aspect in your That's life. The key. That's and the key. Your su- 
your subconscious mind records it because your conscious mind is distracted by everyday existence. So when you go to sleep or you're in a meditative state or in a ritual state, you alter your state of consciousness where you could bypass your consciousness, tap into hearing the words and the voice of your subconscious telling you, this is what you got to work on. This is what's necessary. And it does it in symbols. Your true self speaks to you in symbols because you're too damn arrogant to hear words, okay? Because we take these words and we say, oh, well, you know, uh, the ancestors told me that a hurricane's going to destroy all of Florida. Well, guess what, motherfuckers? We're still here, okay? What I'm saying to you is that people take these things and they externalize it and spread it out when that message was simply for yourself about yourself, not for everybody. The key That's right. Work on your shit. The greatest work you can do on black magic, left-hand path, whatever, the greatest work you can do is to tap into your subconscious mind and reprogram your bullshit. That's what this work is truly all about because you're only as strong as your weaknesses. I'm going to say it again. You're only as strong as your weaknesses. So for all you who think you're great, all you who think you're Tahuti Rabe, all you who think whatever, <laughs> you're still only as strong as your weakest part of yourself. And that weakest part of yourself actually has more bearing on your existence than you ever realized. This is why you create a loop or repetitive cycle in your life that you can't break free from because your That's ass right. is delusional and arrogant that you're some hot shit and you're not. That's right. I, I, I wanted to back up to something you said because you kind of you kind of took it, you know, kind of where I was going to go with it next. Like you said, uh, f for those that think per se, when you gravitate towards a specific archetype, let's say let's say in this case we can say Cali, and you hit it on the head. You, what you should focus on, if you find yourself drawn to the point where you think, quote unquote. You're communicating with this deity, and you are to an extent, but not the extent you think. If you think that you're connected to this and everything becomes about a particular deity, Ravana Nunez, you hit it on the head. You should be focusing on two things. You hit the first one, dead on. You're usually, you should be looking at whatever that archetype represents. That's usually what you're deficient in. That's the area of yourself you need to be focused on, and that is the telltale answer why you go through periods where you get locked into a deity. Now, let's back up because you're going to find out as you're on, me, me and Ravana Noon and I know some others that are, uh, you know, actually listening to the show right now go through, there's periods for whatever reason you just feel like working with a particular archetype. That's because at that point, a moment in your life, again, what that archetype represents is what you're lacking. So if Cali is representing, let's say, uh, an individual uh, you know, a warrior type of energy, a very dark, intense energy that clears paths. That's one aspect. Well, you might have a lot of bullshit going on in your life. So you're focusing on maybe the wrong thing at Cali. You know, you get the females, oh, because, you know, I'm just, I'm the most beautiful thing in the world, and I'm yeah, so no, sexual. Okay. Yeah, I'm such a highly sexual being. Maybe that's not what you need to be focusing on. Maybe you yeah. got some shit that you need to be getting clear maybe there's just some excess baggage going on in your life bad financial decisions maybe you're maybe you're affiliating with people that are just keeping you down maybe you're running in circles that are non-productive that are just 
completely making you unsuccessful. Like Ravana Noon, you just mentioned earlier, like this is why you can't break a particular rut or a continuing a continuing pattern in your life. That's so that's that's key. The other aspect of it is you might have similarities or strong points in your character and personality that are similar to that archetype that you're not focusing on. So it's twofold. Technically, it's the same thing, but it's different. So it works two ways. There might be things you're not tapping into. So maybe you thought that in your mind you were this passive person, but maybe Callie will help you find out. Well, on the surface you are, but if you explode, <laughs> you know, or, or your emotions get to a certain point, you go into a whole different state. So it works, two, it works twofold. You should be focused on two aspects. Why am I drawn to this archetype? Why all of a sudden do, do I feel the need and not get caught up in the extremism, like you say? So what does it mean? Let's, I want to back up to something else because you get this a lot. And let's address this shit and let's address it for once and for all. There are many people out there, and we joke about it, and it's some funny shit because it is. Uh, but there's also a sad side to it. Not sad in the way, boo-hoo, I want to cry. Sad and pathetic side. You mentioned earlier, <laughs> you got motherfuckers running around saying they speak to Osiris or they're an incarnation of Osiris. Let's talk about this real quick because let's say why does this happen? Why do people think they speak Let's say to a particular archetype. Why do people think they are that archetype? This leads me into a perfect segue for subjective and objective realms, okay? Because if you don't understand the subjective and the objective, you can get lost somewhere in between, okay? So now here's the flip side. We joke about it, right? Say you run in there, I'm, I'm sure we can all, you all might now at this point in your life in the past, or maybe you haven't encountered yet, but I guarantee you, if you've been in this for a while, you've encountered some whack job, he or she, who thinks they're an incarnation of, of something, right? Now, here's the flip side. Technically, in their mind or their subjective realm, they really believe that. They really accept that. They really think that's what they are. But here's the problem with it. When they leave their subjective realm and they're dealing with people every day on the objective realm, and they're trying to convince those people to accept that. See, that's not our reality. You understand what I'm saying? So let me give you an example because this, this is how you define crazy and explaining it that really in essence it's not crazy. It's crazy to those that really don't know how to explain it. So what I'm saying is if you run into uh, uh, Roger or whoever, I'm just using a fictitious name, and Roger thinks he is Heru or Horace, I ain't got no problem with that, but here's the problem I got. When Rogers tries to convince me and gets upset with me because I don't accept the fact that he is not an incarnation of Horus or Heru, that's where it becomes a problem because that's not my reality. My reality is what I create on my subjective realm. That's not part of it. Now, if I somehow tap into my subjective realm and raise myself up to that particular realization for whatever bizarre reason, then it becomes a reality to me. So whatever I make a reality on my subjective and bring it into the objective realm, that becomes my reality. See, this is, this is the problem with all of these groups and organizations and all these gurus and self-proclaimed prophets and leaders have come over the years because they want you 
to co-sign on their subjective reality. And I'm not going to yep. do that. You should never do that on this path. And give me another example. You have many people that are loyal, let's say, to Minister Louis Farrakhan, right? And, hey, I respect the man for the, for the body of work that he's done, but I don't buy into all that. I'm the apostle and the messenger. And, and see, that's where – see, see, now you want somebody to co-sign on your personal spiritual experiences. I'm not going to do that. You understand? Don't mean I can't respect you. On, this, on, the, on a certain level, which is objective, because it has to be. Because unless I was there with you when you spoke to a far, it's not a reality to me. You understand? So this is how we define, why is this important? It's very important. Because when working black magic, the key essence of any particular black magic ritual is first taking a different form. Okay, let me be close. Don't miss this. If there's anything you grasp tonight, please don't miss this. When you invoke and you're working a particular ritual, it could be for any of the aforementioned things we mentioned earlier, you have to go into the astral form, which means leave the body, not confound the person, place, or thing, go into your subjective realm, Play out the scenario how you want it to play out, and then you, that's how you alter a situation here on the objective, and then bring that scenario here to the objective. That's how you change it. Okay? This is how real black magic works. Okay? This is not about Hollywood and, 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 and goat's blood and all. That's all bullshit. Stop getting caught up in that nonsense. That's not a reality. Okay? Working effective black magic is knowing how to tap into your subjective realm and bring it to the objective realm. So this is where the problem comes in, and this is why there's differences of opinions on dogmas and doctrines, because when a motherfucker gets mad at you because you don't accept his dogma or her dogma or doctrine, right now all of a sudden, now, now, now they get angry, and now they want to either debate, fuss, fight, or argue with you because you don't want to co-sign on their reality. Now, we say this on this path. Look, personally, and I hope nobody takes this personal because it's not personal, I couldn't give a shit if you accept what I say as, as true or not. What I expect you to do is to find out for yourself. Because yeah. the reason why I say I couldn't care is because I know, now I've got to go back to what we said in the very beginning of the show. I know that what I'm doing gets results, and the only person I've got to convince of it is me. I'm not worried about what other people think. I don't spend my time on YouTube posting hundreds of videos of debates and arguing and fighting with people because I feel the need to prove my point because I feel like I have tons of knowledge and I know everything and I can outsmart somebody. We did that shit years ago. It was a waste of time and energy. But you still got clowns that want to get on the Internet all day and want to prove that what they know is superior and better than what somebody else knows, and they want to debate. and Who gives a shit? So my question to that simply is, what at the end of the day, What's the point number one and two? What results are you getting? What do you mean by that, brother? Real simple. How is this changing your life on a daily basis? And in what level? Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, and financially. That's the effectiveness of this path and working black magic because it makes a change on a daily and a regular basis. Not just, oh, yeah, I just read 20 books on Egypt and now I'm going to take the name to Houthi Ra Bay. So now, you know, I want to be Moorish slash Egyptian 
because I, I, I got to take some pompous, jackass, egotistical name because I want everybody to know what I know. And that's really what it is. It's really a, it's really a fucking cock fest with some of these dudes because they take these names because they want everybody to think, oh, he's, he's got a Moorish slash African Egyptian name. Yeah, he's, he's, he's deep. He's deep. <laughs> exactly. So, again, you want to add something to that, bro? No. Okay. You said it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, again, this path strips away all that stuff. It strips away all, all that stuff is irrelevant because let me tell you something. Understand the difference between ceremonial magic, uh, ceremonial rituals, and individual rituals, okay? The individual ritual that you do for yourself and in private is, is going to be your most powerful experience. Collectively, it's a little bit of a different energy and experience, not in a bad way. It's just different how it's formatted, how it works, um, the connection, the energy. It's totally different than when you're really, when it's just you and you. It's a whole different experience um, because you tap into, again, as we said in the very beginning of the show, you're trying to connect with the real self. Notice we say this all the time, and I'm going to say it again. Remember, there's who you think you are. There's who you want people to see you as, Right? We do this all the time because most of us spend our lives convincing people who we want them to see us as. We, we, we live this false image, this false sense of what we want to be portrayed as. And all that gets wiped away by the one important thing, who you really are. Yep. And most of the time on this path, it's a hard pill to swallow because you built yourself up for so many years to think you're this because – it's not that you're that. It's just that's what you like. That's what you gravitated towards. So Bingo. I think everybody, <laughs> we got everybody walking around saying uh, they're a direct descendant of the ancient Egyptians. No, you're not. Just because you study comedic doctrine and read, again, Egyptian books, you're not a direct descendant of the Egyptians. Just because you're a 5%er, it doesn't scientifically make sense that you're, you say you're the original Asiatic black man. Seriously, yes. think about that in its essence. Come on. Come on. Just because you like something, let me say this again. Just because you like something doesn't mean it's right. Just because you've been doing something for so many years doesn't mean that it's right. <laughs> Just because you've been loyal to something for so many years, a dogma, an organization, a religion, that doesn't make it right either. See, most people stay stuck in that state because. Long story short, they're afraid to leave their comfort zone. They're afraid to go outside of the quote-unquote norm and question their very existence, question their very quote-unquote what they believe, question their morals, you know, question really who they are. You might not be that disciplined, uh, spiritual, meditating guru that you think you are. You might find out that you're a freak. But you yep. just suppressed it with being a guru and a meditation uh, expert. But maybe you've been suppressing sexual energy that you haven't tapped into. <laughs> I mean, we could be here all night talking about this shit. You understand? Yep. Um, anything else you want to add? We're going to go to the phones in about five minutes. And no, just I just want to say this. Um, oh, a recommendation is if you're if you're working with a particular archetype. Um, you're not going to get all the answers overnight. Let me just say this because I don't – oh, my God. This shit. I don't heard people say this. Oh, yeah, 
you know, I work with uh, Lilith, and now all my problems have gone away because I did this ritual, and it brought up everything all came up to the surface, and now, you know, Lilith helped me de- deal with it, and I'm healed. Uh, that's just one ritual of a lifetime of shit that is embedded so deep in you. You think it actually all came up in one ritual? Are you delusional? Are you lying to yourself? I mean, my listen, if you're attracted to a certain archetype, my recommendation is you work with it for at least three to six months to fully reap some benefits on all levels, mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, whatever the case, work with it for at least three to six months to really tap in and get what it is that you need from that working, from that ritual. You're not going to get it accomplished in one night. Cut it out. That's right. I hear I hear people so many times get so disappointed because the ritual didn't come out the way they wanted to. And I say, yeah, that's because that's how you wanted it to come out. It came out the way it needed to come out, okay? Uh-huh. It came out the way it needed to come out because the way it came out was what was necessary for you to realize, I ain't got all this shit figured out. I ain't got all these miraculous powers like I thought I did. I don't have all this great shit happening, so it doesn't come out exactly the way you want because what's happening is your self-delusional concept you created about who you are, what you are, starts to get stripped away when you work with this shit so that the core real reality of who and what you are is now present. And it's in order for that to happen, some of the things you created, of uh, uh, your, your grandeur, how great you are at level, has to be stripped away to make you realize you're not as great as you think, buddy. Because we That's all, right. no, matter, no matter what, we all think we're greater than what we really are. Because that's how we tend to survive in this world is by creating ourselves to be greater than what we are. But sorry, the real reality is you're not as great as you think you are. And that is the the main work is to find out what doesn't make you as great as you really can be. What is it that holds you back? Well, working with an archetype for three to six months gives you more benefit than if you just try to knock it out in one night. And now you think you got it all solved. And, you know, you, you just now are so supreme because you, you got it. You, you on, you on the other side now, you understand you, you on the next level. So we can't, we, there's nothing we could tell you now and nothing nobody could tell you because you got this shit. Nah, sorry. It doesn't work like that. Nothing on this work happens overnight. Nothing. I'm just saying that over and over. It does not happen like that. Some of y'all are 25 years old. Some of y'all are 19. Some of y'all are 35, 50, whatever. Now, let's just take this before I finish up. Let's say you're 52 years old, 53. Let's say that's 53 years of bullshit that you have accumulated in your life. So you think that you're just going to heal yourself of 53 years of bullshit in one night? Come on, sure, just come wave on. Come on, come on, let's just weigh this and ask yourself people, ask yourself personally. Come on, just just really be realistic. Remember what we said last the last show? Um expectations, unrealistic expectations yeah, that people have. 
that people have when they work work this this magic, this left hand path, they create these unrealistic expectations about things. That's not realistic. Being realistic is saying, I have a lot of shit that I'm fucked up about, and I'm tending to only focus on the things I like about myself, how great I am, and I tend to run or shun the things I don't like about myself. I tend right. to hide it and suppress it. So, you know, like, for example, some of y'all are very emotional individuals, and you may have an anger problem, but because you don't know how to deal with it, it controls you instead of you controlling it. See, when you work this path, you start to learn how to control your emotions, your anger, whatever part of emotions manifest. You learn to control it to, to be something of more of a benefit to you than a detractor. That's right. That's an excellent point. And the only thing I want to add to that was I want to back up to the consistency thing. And we did stress that uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, you have to be consistent at what you do. That's not just on this. That's anything in life. Okay, if you're playing sports and you don't practice regularly, unless you're just a super gifted and you just ain't got to do shit, how does an athlete become a great athlete? They become consistent at what they do, constant practice, working on their craft, right? You hear this all the time. So you have to be consistent. Like Ravon said, you can't do something one time and go, oh, man, it didn't work. When, like he said, if you're 52 years old, you think all that bullshit's going to disappear because of one ritual? So you have to stay at – I always tell people this, too. If you're doing – uh, you're working in a particular area like, let's say, finances or relationships, whatever it is, you might have to stay at that continually until the situation improves because depending on the severity of the situation is going to determine the amount of effort and energy that needs to be put into it. So I can't stress enough, consistency is one of the key words. I mean, it should be just a, 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 a regular part of your daily visualization. Because yep. the first thing I ask somebody that comes to me and they go, man, I did this, I did that, it didn't work, or, or this is not working out for me, or this or this, the first thing I ask them is how consistent are you at what you do? And then when yep. I get that long pause, once I hear that, I don't even need to hear what they got to say after that because the very fact that they had to pause and think about it, they just gave me the answer. Because yeah. if, you were, if you were working consistently, you go, no, no, I've been doing this for two years or whatever. But when you got to stop, pause, and think, that's all I need to know. You, you ain't really doing what you're supposed to be doing. You yeah. just, like, like, like Ravonna Noon said, you're getting frustrated, and it's just not working out for you. And, it's, of course, you're going to get the same result. Because the reason why you got the result, like you said, is because you didn't do the shit right. And it's showing you there's something not right about yourself. Yep. You understand? And that's important. I can't look. Consistency. It's the, one of the best words of advice you can get. One of the, what's the, one of the keys or the key to being successful on this path is be consistent at what you do. That's the best advice I can give somebody. Don't. Yep. This is not a fix-all problem. This is not do one thing and everything, poof, is gone. If there's yep. nothing that exists like that, don't bullshit yourself. And anybody that tells you that, if you go to any of these self-proclaimed gurus and priests and priestesses and babalawos and padrinos and madrinas, and, and they're going to tell you they, they, they just you know, do this ritual and pay me to do this and I'm going to fix everything for you, bullshit. Okay? It's a bunch of bullshit. That's the hustle. 
So we got to get out of that mind state, okay? All right, anyway, let's go. We're going to kind of back and forth between the phones and between the Internet. Uh, So that's going to be for the last uh, 20, 25 minutes or so we have left. Um, I'm going to go on to online first. Again, uh, if you are on the phone, please make sure your phone is unmuted when we get to you. People always forget this. Um, if your phone is not unmuted, we cannot hear you. Unfortunately, we're calling you or letting you know you're on the air and the phone is muted. So make sure your phone is unmuted when, when your name is called. If you do not have a name, because we have people on from multiple states, just listen for your state to be called um, and speak up. And, and if it's you that's unmuted, we'll be able to hear you. That'll be you. Uh, some of you do have a registered screen name. Uh, we do recommend you do Get a screen name. It's free if you register at TalkShoe.com. It's easy for us to address you in the call queue. If you are in the chat room um, and you would like to get on the call, just go to the bottom of the screen there in the chat room. You'll see the call-in number, 724-444-7444. It's going to ask you for the ID, which is right next to it, which is 134-778-POUND. And it's going to ask you for the PIN, which is the number one in the pound symbol. That's how you can get on the call if you are not on the call right now. Uh, so let's go ahead and we'll take – uh, let me scroll up. Uh, let's see. Uh, Duma730 had typed in earlier. We're going to read some of the questions and comments. He has Callie as a backdrop for his altar. That's fine if if, if it works for you. Uh, Brother Seth Appen had typed in earlier. I'll read his first one, then we'll go to the phone. He has a couple in here. We'll go, we'll go back. Uh, he says, Benidi, I'm glad you didn't mention the Egyptian rituals as the exercising of your mental power. One thing I find is that you have to trust yourself when doing these rituals. That's an excellent point because it is an exercising of your mental power. And this is, as I said earlier, where I find most people struggle on this path because in working that aspect of the ritual, there's not a lot of tangibles there. And, again, I find that the human psyche and the mind is kind of weak in those areas because sometimes we can't relate to something that's not tangible. And as we were talking about earlier, making sigils uh, per se, drawing them in the air and visualizing them to me is more powerful than actually putting them on paper or, or, or drawing them out on something. Uh, not that that's not effective as maybe a symbol on the altar or a backdrop, I find when working with Shajils, that invoking aspect of drawing them in the air over the altar uh, stimulates the mental creativity and the mental power. So most definitely, most definitely, it is the exercising of your mental power. And this is where I feel, uh, you know, the adults get separated from the children because most people struggle in this area when it gets to that point. I mean, they were cool. With all of the, you know, the physical trimmings and the pageantry of some of the rituals, because that, unfortunately, draws a lot of people into this path. That's that part of it, and that's not really why you want to be on this path. I don't know, something you want to add to that, Brother Ravano, before we go to the phone? No, you're good. Okay. All right, so uh, first caller, let's bring in, actually, Brother, he's the first caller. Duma730, you're on the call, Brother. Hey, how's it going, my brothers? It's going good, brother. How's it going out there in D.C.? Hey, we cannot complain, man. Well, it's been pretty good uh, thus far this week, so we can't complain nice. too much. Nice, nice. What you got for us? Um, 
I've just been uh, enjoying the show, and you guys made a lot of great points as far as, you know, uh, not getting frustrated and consistency. Um, I think that's a very important point, you know, as being, a, like you said, in any type of, uh, being any type of magic practitioner, you have to be consistent about the craft. That's one of the correct. things why it's called the craft, because you're constantly working at it. To, to, That's correct. To mold, to mold a, a certain uh, atmosphere or a certain uh, subjective realm. So, correct. yeah, I, I'm just been enjoying and taking all the points you brothers been uh been putting out tonight. So it's, no it's really been hitting home for me. Cool, cool. Well, we appreciate it as usual, brother, and, and most definitely appreciate you listening, man. Thank you, guys. All right. All right. Appreciate it. Peace. And, and that's some good points the brother made. And like you said earlier, Ravonna, don't forget the other part of that. Set realistic expectations. Like, if you just come into this path, don't think you're going to be this master magician after three weeks, and then you get frustrated because you haven't mastered the universe, you know? What what yeah. a realistic expect <laughs> what a realistic expectation would be. All right, this is what really if you really don't look this look I'm gonna tell you in some of my initiate initiation stages of this path, one of the things we would have to do is we would set three month goals. See, this is realistic: a six month goal, a nine month goal. Write it down on paper and work towards that goal. Let me give you an example. You should see. A different mental awareness, a change in your everyday living. On all levels, set a realistic goal, a realistic level of expectation. Don't come into this and, oh, I just bought my black robe and I got all my altar tools. Oh, shit, I'm going to be the love <laughs> people. It does not work like that. So yeah. that is very important, what you mentioned earlier, Ron. Set Let me also, real, realistic expectations. Let me also say this real quick. Um, some people get into magic, witchcraft, sorcery because they're seeking a shortcut to their life. That's true. Let me say. Let me say this. There is no shortcut on the spiritual path. There is no shortcuts on the spiritual path. There is intense work on a spiritual path. That's what you will face. So if you're coming into this and, and you're trying to find or circumvent a certain situation or reality because you don't want to go through it, maybe this is not for you because those experiences is what helps you grow. And whatever you're trying to circumvent or run around from experiencing, maybe you're doing yourself a disservice by trying to avoid those things, by doing some ritual to block it and and stop it from happening. And then and – then, it still hap- it still happens anyways. Maybe that's a sign that you were supposed to go through it no matter what and you're you need to experience that for yourself. Secondly, right. let me let me say this. Why I say there's no shortcuts on the spiritual path is because some people will come and if they don't get results they start trying to do other things. They'll go to shamans, and they'll go to shamans because the shaman or the shaman is going to give them some psychedelics, and that's supposed to help them with a shortcut. Not, not, not happening. Let me tell that's you right. this again. That's right. Let me tell you this again. Uh, how do we know this? <laughs> yep. Listen. 
Even a shaman's going to make you go back to step one. Okay? A shaman's not going to prescribe you any psychedelics because he, he, already can, he or she will already look at you and say, oh, this nigga looking for a shortcut, for some answer that he, he or she has to do certain spiritual work to get the answer. But they, they, they want it so fast that they take the shortcut. All you're right. doing, let me say this to people, because I'm asked this all the time by certain emails, certain people. If you want to take drugs, that's your choice. First of all, I'm going to just make a disclaimer. It is illegal, a lot of these drugs, so we don't promote that shit because it is illegal, a lot of that shit. Right. Secondly, secondly, if, if you feel that you need something external to accomplish some work that really is internal, then, again, you're seeking external shortcuts. Let me, thirdly, let me say this. I, myself, don't feel the need to do any of that shit because I get a certain uh, level of high or whatever you want to call it from doing my own work my own work through my rituals without having to take anything excessive or anything external to try to achieve or accomplish something that easily I could do on my own. So I've had questions from others. No, I don't really promote people taking that shit. I don't really say, I don't really uh, condone it, but if that's your shit, do it. But understand the reason why myself, Benidi, and things don't ever really promote, talk about that, we've known people who got on some of that shit, and they never came back. What I mean by that, their physical body's here. Their mind is fucking gone. You understand? They're fucking gone, and they're not here anymore. Mentally, they're just spaced the fuck out. If you want to take chances, if you want to take chances with your life and take chances where you can get trapped like that, understand something. When you fucking with shit that opens up your subconscious mind, your unconscious mind that opens up the doorway to the spiritual realm, there's some shit that can fuck you up. We done said it on the show plenty of times. When when you open that doorway, there's some shit that can literally fuck you up. And if you are, a lot of times, if you're taking a shortcut to get on that path, there's certain uh, energies that get attracted to you because they feel you're weak-minded because you had to take that. They feel you're weak-minded, so you're easily susceptible to be possessed, easily susceptible to be fucked with for a long time because they see you as weak-minded. They don't see you as strong character, strong will, because you you actually have worked it on your own to you know strengthen and solidify yourself and take your weaknesses and make it stronger. They'll look at you and say, oh, shit, that motherfucker right there, that nigga's a wide-open gateway to get fucked with. And that's, that's what you start attracting. If you want to fuck with that shit, that's up to you. But just realize you're on your own when you do that shit. And nobody's going to be there to bring you back. You could think you're as strong-minded as you want to be. But you don't know what's out there when you fuck with that shit because there's shit that literally just sitting there waiting to fuck you up. Uh-huh. We done seen it. We done seen it. We done been at rituals where we did drumming rituals and motherfuckers came and got possessed and they had to have that spirit taken out of them. We done seen a lot of crazy shit, 
Okay, in our lifetime, uh-huh. this this is why we don't fuck with certain shit because we don't see the adver- adverse effects it can have on people. So keep that in mind when you work shit. There is no shortcut on the spiritual path. If you're not mm-hmm. strong enough to figure this shit out on your own, then I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you, but you have to find the, the strength to work out this shit on your own. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'm glad you bring that up because it takes, it takes me into the next area. Like you said, there is no shortcut. And I'm going to say this. The more you progress on this path, it does not become easier. It becomes harder. Why do I say that? It becomes harder in the sense because with that knowledge and experience comes a responsibility now. What do I mean when I say a responsibility? A responsibility in using that knowledge and working with these particular energies in its proper context. Now, ethics is a debatable topic on this path because ethics is personal. So ethics is going to be different in the sense of how it's applied to the scenario of the ritual. So there's a responsibility that comes. There is no shortcut. We, we've, we've seen all that shit. There's certain rituals, like Ravana Noon said, we won't do with group individuals because of the aforementioned reasons. Not, not saying we don't do it, you know, individually. It's just you can't do certain things with certain people because of that factor. So there is a responsibility in utilizing information responsibly. Because like, like you said, then you see the ill effects of people who open some of these uh, connections to the spirit world, for lack of a better word, and all shit goes haywire because they, you know, quote, unquote, tap into something that they weren't ready for. And the only way you protect yourself, again, from that, again, basic setting realistic expectations, pacing yourself. And, and realizing where you are on this path, realizing that. So if you're brand new at first, realize that. If, you, if you're an experienced adept, then realize that too. So there's a responsibility. There is, look, there is no, we, we, we went through it all, whether it was the, 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 you know, the black power, military movement, you know, whether it was, whether it was Islam, whether it was, Egyptology, you name it, Santeria, Yoruba, you name it, went through all those shits, been there, done that, got the T-shirt, and we thought that they were all, everybody goes, let's be real. Everybody goes into a particular dogma, religion, culture, group, organization, because they think it is the gateway to their salvation. Be fucking real with yourself. Whether you did it in the past or you're currently doing it now. We we do it for three a couple of things. Fear of dying, right? Because why do most people get religious or spiritual? Let's keep it real. Because the fear of the unknown fear of death. Be keep it one hundred with yourself. Don't fucking bullshit yourself. No, no, not me. Why do you seek knowledge? Why do you seek spirituality? What's at the core essence of it? The mysteries of death. Point fucking blank. Trying to avoid Exactly. Rather than avoid to, it, you should you should be trying to understand it. Yep. Understand that's why that's that's why working with the spirits of dead is almost like preparing you for death. It doesn't mean you understand it still. I mean you get a greater understanding of death, but it prepares you. It's not so scary. It's not so right. ooh, I gotta avoid this at all costs. No. It's not exactly. like that. Exactly. 
So just just keep those key points in mind. And what's the well, again? What's the message we're driving home in, in this particular segment right now? If you're coming into this because you think it's a shortcut to alleviate all your problems, well, I hate to disappoint you. You're going to be disappointed. Yeah. Because what this does, what do we always say? This brings them all to the surface. It doesn't alleviate them. It brings them to the surface so you can address the shit. And the process of addressing it is you taking the responsibility for it and dealing with it. So it's the complete opposite. If you're coming into this path because you think it's a fix-all for all your nonsense, you're completely, you're, you got it twisted one, or completely backwards. That's not, that's not how it works, Okay. All right, let's go back to the phones, and then I'm going to go back to the chat room. Uh, next call we got on the call is in Southwest Florida. Anybody there from Southwest Florida? Hello, Southwest Florida. Anybody there? All right, we'll try to come back. Just nobody answering. I don't know if your phones are muted. Uh, going one more time. Southwest Florida. Anybody there? All right, there's nobody there. All right, the next caller, it says Northeast California. Anybody there from Northeast California? Hello, Northeast California, we can hear you. You sound like you're driving or on a cell phone. It's just blurry, can't hear you. No, it's on a spaceship. Yeah. I don't know what the... Wow, we can hear you now a little bit, but are you on an earpiece or, 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 or a cell phone? Because we couldn't hear you. Cell phone, and I got you guys on speaker, and I'm just enjoying the show. Okay, we got you now. All right, we appreciate it. So you're driving. You're out on the road. Yeah. Are, are y'all seeing this big, beautiful moon out here tonight? Yeah, no. I, <laughs> I haven't. No, I haven't, I haven't been able to go outside I and see look it. at it. You see it? Yeah, it's making me it's making me come out through the other side, brother. When I look at this moon, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. We appreciate you. Appreciate you. All right. Thank you. All right. Yeah, I, I heard that. All that background feedback. All right. Let's go back. Uh, we're gonna take a couple more calls and a, and a few more comments on the internet before we wrap this up. Uh, Another comment from online says, you must trust that your inner power would prevail in doing work and not to rely on the tangible objects as your source of power. They must be seen. That's true. We talked about that earlier. They must be seen as points of reference to enable you to focus on the energy you are invoking or evoking. You must know the energies are, you are conjuring up must be used to help you manifest or accomplish things in your everyday life. And that was a lot of things we talked about earlier. That was something that was typed in a little bit earlier. Um, and again, yeah, that's 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 so important because uh, you know I think some people kind of bypass the introduction of the show, and we do it for a reason, and we say a lot of those things in the beginning to kind of prep you for what we're getting ready to talk about. When we say it's a path of self mastery, the key word in that sentence is self. Okay, self. That's you. So. What you put in, we hear this saying on a, on a multitude of levels in life. What you put in is what you get out. So you always say you got to. You always hear us say you got to put in the work. You got to do the work. It's about doing the work. It's about doing the work, right? Why do you think we say that? We're not just saying that just to be saying it. 
We're saying that because if you're not doing any work, you by all means can't sit around and bitch and complain that you're not, you know, getting done what needs to be done. I'm not getting the results. Well, how many times again? Well, you consistent. Uh, no. It's the very fact that you said, uh, because if you were consistent, you said, yeah, yeah, man, I do it regular several times a week. Then maybe we got to dig a little bit deeper. Then maybe it's something else. All right, you've been consistent at what you're doing. So let's establish, well, maybe this is not an area that you need to be addressing right now. It's not the time. It could be you're not getting a response because there's something greater that you need to address that might be more important at the current time in your life. You got see, look, when you're working this matter, if you're really connected, you got to analyze. It's like being a master scientist. You got you to gotta analyze and put all scenarios, probabilities, and, and, and ask yourself, why is this not working? Because maybe at the current time, that's not top priority right now. There's something else you're neglecting, and you're not getting no results because it's trying to take you away from that and have you focus on the real issue at hand. See, we don't – that's called what we call on this path critical thinking, right? What's critical thinking? Well, something that's critical. You understand? Yeah. And maybe what you're working on is not that critical as you think it is. You understand? Like maybe because you're doing rituals to get that new BMW. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not. But me, but, but me, I'm gonna, uh, <laughs> I'm, let me give you, let me give an example. Um, like some people I've discussed with, like they're, let's say they're working with Kali. All of a sudden, they've been working with Kali. All of a sudden, uh, Baron Sendi pops up. It's popping up because maybe, just maybe, where you're focused at right now is really not what is necessary. It's popping up because this is where you're really supposed to be focusing at, not so much where you think you have to work at. Understand, that's sometimes the clue to realizing, okay, maybe this run is course or maybe I'm trying to, you know, uh, force it, force it, and it's not necessary to force it right now. I have to really veer into this. Those symbols, those archetypes sometimes pop up when you are now ready for that, and this just ain't what it is what it is at the moment. So, you know, those are just clues sometimes when you're working this shit to realize that shit comes out of nowhere sometimes. It's not like it's pre-planned and prepared. Oh, I'm going to leave Kali now, and I'm going to work with whoever. Sometimes the shit just veers off like that. Yeah, so. and that's just important. Um, so keep all those key points in mind, man. Very, very, very important. All right, let's let's go back to the phones. Uh, let's see, yeah, here this call just says uh, Florida. Anybody there from Florida? It just says Florida. Just listening. Okay, we appreciate that, sis. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's go back to the chat. I, I know we got we got a couple of Texas callers on, so I don't know which one Tree Hugger is. Uh, I assume. One of them is tree hugger to close out, so we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll try to get both of them on, but we see you stay a lot a lot of Texas people tonight. Uh, let's see if we missed anything in the chat. Nothing, nothing really in the chat. All right, so let's. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, the first one is Texas tree hugger. We'll come back because we'll close out with you. Uh, anybody there from Texas? Can you hear me? Greetings. This is Texas tree hugger. All right, you hold tight. I'm going to go to the other caller because we got somebody else. We're going to finish out with you. There's another 
Texas caller on. All right, hold tight. I'm going to put right. you back Thank on hold. You. All right, we got the other caller on the line from Texas. Anybody there from Texas? Hello? Yes, we got you. Go ahead. Okay, awesome. Uh, first time on here. Um, okay. The question I uh, have is, how do I work with UDs or archetypes without worshiping them? I still, like, don't know how to grasp it. Mm-hmm. I, I want to start praying or asking for things. I think that's how it goes. And right. I recognize that they're within me. I, I, is you there struggle with that. Yeah. Well, well, step one is you're admitting it. <laughs> that's key. So you, at least you're not, you know, in denial about it. That's step one. So the best way, the very fact that you can admit that and you're honest about it, you, like you say, it's the area you struggle with because um, I, I would assume or, you, or you're kind of fairly new or, or what, 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 what background did you come from, if you could share that with us, because that's usually a telltale sign of maybe where some of the struggle is. So real quick, again, oh. you ain't got to get long-winded. Where are you at now spiritually and where did you come from? Okay, right now I I just see myself as an eclectic um, mm. practitioner. So okay. I look at all the different religions, but I'm not, you know, religious or anything. Well, I'm trying not to be. <laughs> um, I, I came from a Christian background, but I did not take the Christianity seriously at all. Like I did not, I was forced to go to church, uh, drag to church, mm-hmm. and I would pray sometimes, but it always felt weird. It never felt like me at all, so... I just left okay. it alone. Okay. And how long ago would, would you say in your estimation that you kind of left that period? Uh, just a rough estimation. You got to give an exact date. Um, dang. You can't do the math right now. But I know I, I stopped going to church when I was, I think, either 17 or 18, and now I'm 22. Okay. So, okay. I mean, it was, I was uh-huh. Mm-hmm. All right. So the best, the best way to approach it now even though, like you say, you never were fully engulfed in the religious thing, you never accepted it, subconsciously just being around it has an effect whether you're conscious of it or not. Trust me, that's a reality. Mm -hmm. Now, even though, like you said, you never took it seriously, and, uh, you know, I do believe you on that, and obviously you don't sound like you have any, had any interest in it. But what tends to happen is if we're just, let me give you an example. It's like watching they say if you watch a, a movie or a TV show or listen to a certain type of music continuously, whether you're conscious of it or not, it shapes the way you think. So mm-hmm. if, if you're watching horror movies constantly all the time, now you might just like them because they're entertaining, but what that's doing, whether you're conscious of it or not, it's also adjusting your psyche. If you're listening, let me give you an example, because it alters the mood and the vibration and the mentality of the way you think. If, let's say per se, music alters moves, and I'm going to use the music example. You can listen to intense gangster rap, or you can listen to intense uh, any type of aggressive music. It will automatically start changing your vibration and your energy, where you might have just finished listening to something passive, laid back, where now all of a sudden the aggression that's behind the music, now all of a sudden, you know, you feel physically aggressive, like you, or we use the term you're getting amped up or hyped up. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason for that is, is because if you don't, it's just like when the preacher is up there, even if you're not involved in it or not, but say you were subjected to it to years, because like you said, you were forced to go to church 
those vibrations and frequencies he's sending out are still having an effect on you, whether you're conscious of it or not. It's the same way music works, because how do you know that that's a reality? Real simple. You can turn on a slow R&B song, and it takes you to a certain place. It, it alters your mood, your state of mind, and your vibration. Whether you usually, if you accept it because you're trying to do that, or it'll do it naturally anyways, all automatically it'll alter your mood, your vibration, and your thinking. Now, back to your original question. I said all that to say this. Your original question was, how do you approach working with these, if I'm wrong, correct me, uh, how do you approach working with these archetypes with not approaching it through the eyes of worship, correct? Mm-hmm. All right, so real simple. And this is a real simple. Take, I'm going to use an archetype slash deity for an example. Let's just say we're focusing on Tahuti, okay? Mm-hmm. When you're working with Tahuti, say you have an image of Tahuti and you're doing a ritual to invoke Tahuti, Tahuti represents the aspect of our psyche dealing with knowledge, dealing with wisdom. That's why he's symbolic of the scribe. Uh, I'm just going to give you something basic, and then we can go a little bit. You can go a little bit more intricate. So rather than you looking at Tahuti, because unfortunately, some people that claim to be conscious will look at Tahuti like a Catholic looks at a statue of the Blessed Mary, right? And they worship that image. If you train the mind to look at Tahuti and train the mind to think, as I focus on what Tahuti represents to increase my knowledge and my wisdom, you'll start focusing on increasing the inner awareness of your knowledge and wisdom as opposed to the physical aspect of who Tahuti is and the image aspect of who Tahuti is. Because when you focus on the physical and the image aspect only, that's where the worship mindset comes in. Because to show you that there is an influence there, whether you're conscious of it or not, because we've all been exposed to monotheism on a certain level, regardless whether we accepted it or not. We're around it all the time. We live in a society that's engulfed in it. We're around people, even though we may not be into it, but we're around people that are influenced by it. And those people give off certain energy and vibration that attaches to us, whether we're conscious of it or not. So we always say, I know you're new to the show, but we always say on a lot of the shows, part of this path is reprogramming the subconscious mind. So these are little techniques you have to do to kind of discipline and train yourself. So it's simply about changing the way you're thinking, your approach. It's that simple. So you'll find at first when you do it, you kind of got to force yourself. That's just going to be normal. But as you start to become, do, do it on a regular, consistent basis, you're going to find you'll just gradually merge into it and you'll start approaching it different. You won't look at it through the mind's eye that you're worshiping something externally. You'll be focusing more on what the consciousness of that archetype represents. And you'll see you start to embody it. You'll start to tap into different aspects of your subconscious mind that reflect that. So it's more, it's a gradual process, and I'm, I'm not going to bullshit you. It's not going to disappear right away. I don't know if there's something you want to add to that, Brother Ravano. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, just along the same lines, when you're, it's, it's a bit of homework. When you work on archetypes, deities, it's basically find out what each archetype or deity what their attributes are, what their powers are, what their abilities are, what they mean. And then, like, you find that in yourself. Key point is you find that in yourself. What part of this God or goddess I'm looking at is in myself? 
Because once you identify that as being within yourself, you identify that I also am that which I'm looking at. Understand what I'm trying to say? It's almost like, okay, if, if I'm looking at, let's say, a set, right, and she represents uh, the motherly nature but also a, a sorceress, a magician, if I find in myself that I have, let's say for you, you have motherly instincts, then you, you kind of take away the awe of, oh, this is a goddess, and realize, shit, well, I got the same power, too, as being a motherly, having that motherly instinct, that motherly compassion and power. So what really are you worshiping? Yourself. This is the point. What, what I'm trying to make is that those attributes, those, those abilities that all these gods have been given over thousands of years were nothing more than abilities you have laying asleep inside you. You have to wake it up. So when you identify with I have the same power, you now made a separation between that goddess or God and you, meaning not a separation as if you're two different entities because they're not really an entity. You identify it as I am a God as well, so why am I worshiping when I have the same ability and the same power that of which I've been taught about or that which I've been uh, looking at or that which I'm working with in a ritual, I have that same essence within me. So what essentially am I worshiping? This is like when you start to make a disconnect between worship and self-identity and self-growth. Good point. Good point. So I hope that, I hope that helped you out, sis. I hope that at least points yeah. you in the right direction. I do. I have to uh, ask something else. Um, sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for a good example, La Santissima Muerte, she uh, can do everything. So say I'm like trying to do like some protective work, or uh-huh. um, no, that's really easy. What else is there? Oh, okay. I'll just stick with protective work. Uh huh. Do I just look like think about myself and like how I'm protective in ways, or like? Yeah. Well, well, say, what, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, bro. What What uh, qualities about you are you? Do you have siblings? Do you have a brother or sister that are younger than you? Mm-hmm. Do you find that you may be protective of over them sometimes? Mm-hmm. That's the same quality of Santiza Muerte. That protective mm-hmm. nature is already inside of you. All you're doing is enhancing it and learning to work with it. Um, it, so that it can benefit you, not always hurt you, because sometimes we can be overprotective, and that could be uh, hurtful or harmful to that person as well. So it's learning how to use that protective power essence within yourself in the best manner that's beneficial for yourself and the person you may be trying to protect. You understand? Mm-hmm. Now, let me also add this. Are you also asking that question? Do you, are you When you say protective, are you also saying as far as, something attacking you, protecting yourself from something attacking you? Yeah, that too, like overall protective, either just regular protection or like protection from, you know, okay. assholes. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> that's something. a good well, that's, No, that's good because you need to establish that line. Okay, let's say when we say, I'm bringing all this up to say is because when you're working, especially with La Santissima Muerte or the Holy Death, when you're working with that particular archetype, you definitely want to be clear in defining because that's a road-opening mm-hmm. type of archetype that clears pathways in your psyche. 
I work with that's one of one of the main ones I work with, and I'm telling you, when you work with it as a road opener, it's very, very powerful. So let's say the protection thing. This is a good question. This is a really good question. The reason why I say that is is because, like, say, for an example, you're attracting nutheads. Like, say you're a female and you're attracting the really weirdest dudes or you just attract the characters. And if you're trying to correct that energy where you don't draw that to yourself, be clear in defining that, say, if you're doing a ritual. Now, I find one way that's very effective in doing this, especially with La Santissima Muerte, is I would write out a pact on parchment paper. Let me give you a quick example. What I would do is write on the parchment paper. If you're trying, let's say, to protect yourself against attracting nutheads and you want to attract correct individuals to you, you want to be specific and write that out on your parchment paper. I tend to fold it up and I place it under the image of La Santissima Muerte. And I might offer her a black candle, um, mm-hmm. offering an incense and libation. And what the pack does is every time I look and see that petition underneath, or every time I lift it up and see it, it automatically activates that pact that I made, the symbolic gesture. It automatically stimulates in my mind that I'm going to attract what I want to attract, and I'm going to deflect what, I'm, what I don't want. You understand? So every time I do that, mm-hmm. the pact symbolizes because, again, the mind becomes very forgetful on the surface. We tend to forget. So when dealing with that particular aspect, if we're talking protection, like Ravonanu said, there's, there's you being a protect, let's say he used the metaphor as younger brother and sister, there's that type. There's the type of protecting yourself from just maybe unwanted influences and individuals and scenarios. There's that type of protection. But if we're talking about protection because you think you're being attacked by spiritual forces, that, that deals with something on a whole different mental level because usually that's some type of deficiency in yourself that's creating the illusion you're being attacked because the mm. only way you're being attacked spiritually is because you've accepted it. So the question is, we, we have to establish why is it you think you're being attacked? And I use the word think you're being attacked because most people that I deal with that come to me and say, I feel like I'm being attacked or somebody's doing work on me. Um, it's usually there's some gap that's not functioning right in the subconscious mm-hmm. mind that you need to tap into. But anyway, just to give you a quick, you know, scenario, that's why I'm saying we have to be, we have to be clear and defined, uh, especially in that area when we're dealing with protection. So hopefully that helps mm-hmm. you to some extent. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I'm sorry, I don't want to take up all the time. But, um, no, and but and where, where in Texas are you calling from, just so we know? Oh, Garland. I don't think it says Garland. on there, though. No, 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 it just says Texas. So we just like, no, we just asked that question because we like to know where new listeners are, are calling from for the first time. That's all. Mm-hmm. Let, me, okay. let me also say this last part real quick, real quick. When you're doing an, an invocation, let's say, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of invocations will say like, oh, uh, holy, uh, holy death or whatever. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in the invocation, somewhere in the invocation, you should start changing it from like, uh, externalizing oh holy death to I am the holy death. You understand? Like you oh, okay. you invoke you invoke it the way you always have, but somewhere in there you have to take the first person 
as of that deity, God, archetype yeah. that you're working with. You have That's to true. first person it eventually somewhere in there as if you're the holy death or a set or, you know, uh, whoever, whatever. You have to eventually turn the invocation to you as the first person as being that which you're invoking. That oh, will start okay. shifting the that starts shifting the subconscious mind from looking externally like oh holy death, you know you are this you are that to I am the holy death, I represent this and that. You understand how the mind starts mm-hmm. to realize that is actually yourself that you're reflecting to. Okay, that's, that's a good, good. Point. I needed an invocation. I'm like oh my goodness, my invocations are still going to be those Catholic prayers. Yeah, no, I get rid of that. <laughs> Yeah, just get rid of that. Okay. Change it. Now, that's an excellent point, Ravana. Remember, I don't know. I don't know what what at what point of the show you tuned in, but remember, we yeah, were I saying, came in late. <laughs> okay, so we were saying in the beginning of the show, always see fit to change any invocation or rituals that you need that you need to adjust to to make it personal, to make it your own. Um, we were talking about that at the beginning of the show, so. That's def- definitely something you definitely might want to try, and I'm sure that'll help. Like I said, it's a process. It's not mm-hmm. it's not going to just disappear right away. The more you stay consistent and practice at it, uh, the better the better you'll be. Okay. Definitely. All um, right. I'm sorry. I know y'all want to go. So is she? <laughs> so she's she's still separate, right? Because what if? Okay. If I promise something, am I actually promising it to myself? And then when that you know, thing comes to fruition. I like. <sighs> are you at, are you asking? Are you promising it to her, Santa Muerte, or are you promising it to yourself? Like in the new way. way. Yeah, because the first thing I did, I did promise something to her, and I looked at her the external way before I got to know y'all, and it did happen. And so I'm oh. like, if I start, you know, switching it up and going like, without worshiping her anymore. Like to mm-hmm. are you saying it are you saying are you saying is it still gonna work? Are you still gonna get results? Are, yeah, are like, you still, what is, yeah, you're like, I mean it's still all of it is still gonna work. The difference is when you start to personalize it, you start to personalize it and it you start getting results for things you need, not always things you want. Understand there's a difference there because a lot of times when we externalize things and we look at things, what we're bringing into our life is all the things we want, the money, the cars, the people, the this, the that. But when you start to really work it, um, especially on the left-hand path, you start to bring into your life the things you need, which are the things that are necessary for your growth to uh, take you to, you know, a, a different existence as far as consciousness or everyday interaction, that's where you start to see the shift. I mean, we've said it on the show before. You can work this. You can promise anything. You get results, but it's always what results are you receiving, something you wanted or something you need? If you, can get, you can get what you want by doing a result, promising, you know, that which you promised, but was it, was it really what you needed or is it just some external thing that you wanted? Because the real work is everything about you and putting it on a table and taking an inventory of your weaknesses and strength and and how do you become stronger 
taking those weaknesses, making them stronger, taking your strengths, making them strong. You understand? Mm-hmm. It's 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 oh. not so much always the external results that you receive, the things that you wanted. Oh, I wanted this money. I want, and it happens because you can just simply do an affirmation ten times a day. I want this money. I want this money, and almost the same shit would happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. The difference is now you you start to bring into your life the things that are necessary for you that you need to grow, and they may not always match what you want. Mm-hmm. That's good. So hopefully, well, hopefully that helps you in some some shape, form, or fashion. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, try yeah, those that things. All then, yeah, we'll try those things, and then and then uh, you know, touch base back with us, and then let, let's see how that works, and then you know, you go from there. All right. Thank you. All right. We appreciate you. Thank you for calling us. No problem. All right. Texas Tree Hugger. What's going on? Texas Tree Hugger, you there? Yes, I am. Greetings. All right. We're, greetings. We're going to close out with you. I'm going to step away for one quick minute. Um, I'll be right back. We'll go ahead and kick it with Ravana Noon. I'll be right back. Okay. Kick it. Uh, kick it. Yeah, really, kick it. You know, I, I haven't been here for uh, a moment, and um, I actually came into the broadcast late. And I, when I came into the broadcast, you were talking about focus, and that's exactly what it is that I've been working on since I've been away from you guys for a moment. And one of the things that I found out, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, when, when you're in the modality of, of really embracing and, 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 and putting into practice all of the um, – the procedures to make sure that we're doing things for ourselves. And we're getting in, in, in caught up in the day-to-day things, you know, especially in, in the working world. You know, I haven't been in the in the workforce for a long, long time. But just when, when you focus and you're doing things that you want to do, if you're not consciously aware uh, and you're in that area of, of unconscious confidence, sometimes things kind of seep back in that you didn't mm-hmm. think were there. And that's one of the things that I can say I noticed for me because just little things um, will pop up, like things that, that I wouldn't, you just think things are going to happen no matter what. Uh, and I just look back and laugh. Things have happened, and I'm like, oh, so y'all are messing with me? You know, you're, yeah. you're testing me? You know, yeah. you're well, get aiming to get my attention to make sure I get back on track? Yeah, a lot of times those things are going to happen um, simple because, you know, when we get caught up in everyday life, uh, when we start to not neglect, but we may forget because we get so busy with things we have to do, you leave a door open for things to happen because you're not as much in control as if when you're being disciplined and and uh, doing your rituals on a consistent basis. That consistency, which is something we, we really went into, I think, in the middle part of the show, that mm-hmm. consistency allows you to manifest the existence you want. Right. But when we're not able to stay consistent on it, yeah, you're right. It can open a door for things to start happening, but those things are a reminder of the things that, hey, I have more work to do. I have to get back on it. If not, this door can get wider for more things to happen that may not be so cute or so nice to creep in. So it, it is always a constant reminder to stay disciplined, stay consistent on the work that is necessary for you to, you know, um, 
create the life you want or the life you're seeking, but even then, you still have to stay diligent because things will always happen. That is life, and life is always going to remind you, yo, there's some shit you got to work on or there's some things you're ignoring. Here I am. Pay attention. Let's get back on board. Absolutely. And and what that sister was just talking about, it, it kind of feeds into what we're talking about here. I think it, 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 it's really, really paramount that we stay yep. diligent. Um, and that's the swift kick in the behind, you know, to make sure that we do stay diligent. And I, I look at it and I, and I actually laugh. And I'm like, okay, all right, I get it. Okay. I got the message. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and that, but the key thing is, you said it. You you saw the message and you paid attention to it, and now you now you're doing something about it. Because unfortunately, many a times we see the message and still ignore it, and then we get shocked or upset when things happen. But we were ready. We already saw the message. We saw the clear warning signs, and we didn't do nothing about it. So the good thing is that you paid attention and acknowledged it, which is step one. Two is doing something about it because we can see it all day, but if we don't do something about it, guess what? It's just a message, and it just sits there without nothing happening. And one of the worst things that can happen on any spiritual path, not just the left-hand path, is stagnation. Stagnation is uh, the key for failure or this constant disruption of your life it is it is it's going to eventually that stagnation is going to open a door for something to to bust wide open and that's the chaos the chaos has to come through to get you back on board because if not you're going to sit there stagnated and there's no growth there's nothing happening you're just sitting there basically like a vegetable you're just sitting there there's no movement there's no no fluctuation nothing Absolutely, and especially when you put so much work, energy, and effort into this, you know, like for, for me specifically, I don't know about everybody else, but I've been on this path for many, many years, even prior, you know, prior to meeting you all. And there's no way in the world for me personally that I'm going to let all those years of energy and effort, pain, <laughs> sorrow, you know, whatever you want to call it, whatever um, hurdles that I've had to overcome to get to the point that I am, to just let it go by the wayside. I mean, that would be foolish on my part. And then exactly. the the what you want to call it the blessings, but the the um you know, be able to continue to move and receive the benefits of what it is I've been working for, those can be taken away. Exactly. And and, exactly. and, and I've experienced that before. I've, I've I've had the abilities taken away from me and I'm like, There's no way in the world that I'm gonna let that happen again. And if you've never experienced that, you don't want you don't wanna ever get to that point where you are making progress, you see the progress that you're making, and then all of a sudden you stop, you know, for the well, just talk about that stagnation, and you stop and you cause the, that wedge to be open, that door to be open to total failure. And then, poof, sometimes it's just taken away. And you don't know how long that cycle's going to be before you get that ability back again, even if you, you start listening and, and doing everything you need to do. That's because you need Jesus. That's why. That's right. <laughs> That's right, brother. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I'm back. Um, so I don't know if there's oh. anything else. Uh, 
Yeah, uh, going to get ready to wrap this thing up. All of the anything yeah, else you want to Yeah, I'm good. I just wanted to raise that, I and mean, that's the one thing I could think of to raise because that that was something that I that was a, a notice from myself to make sure I am uh, fervent in my quest. No yeah. doubt. And I wanted to share that with everyone. All right. All right. All right. So we appreciate it as usual. And thank you. I appreciate, appreciate you both. All right. Thank you. All right. All right, Brother Ravon, and let's go wrap it up real quick. A couple quick quick announcements again that we announced at the beginning of the show. Um, again, next event, next ritual will be on Friday, October 27th at uh, Cultural Expressions in Hollywood, Florida. Um, if you would like the information for that event, you can email us here at the radio station, khnum19 at gmail.com. That's the way you can get a hold of us here. You can get a hold of myself at that email address, kh. NUM19 at gmail.com. You can also go to my YouTube channel, uh, which is Mother Nubia Inc. Just type in Mother Nubia and then INC. And my YouTube channel will come up. And all the links to the radio show are also on that channel, which leads you right here to TalkShoe.com. And also on the Google Plus Mother Nubia Inc. page, all the radio shows are archived. We post them uh, on there every week after they're done posting. I usually post them the next day or the day after. Um, and that's about it. That's all I got for you, Brother Von Noon. Go ahead. All right. Uh, if y'all want to reach me, uh, reach me at darkoccultist99 at outlook.com. Once again, that's darkoccultist99 at outlook.com or my YouTube page, darkoccultist99. Uh, if I'm not, I haven't gotten back to anybody. I still don't have internet. I won't have it till Monday. So I'll get back to y'all as soon as it comes on. Uh, that's about it. Peace. Or you could also be reached at your uh, your other email address, right? Darkbootyslayer.net. Yeah, that's 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 for the elite few, though. That's for the elite few here. Yeah. They gotta earn that one, brother. They gotta earn that one. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, yeah. Just so you know, brother Ramana Noon's been out of the internet since the hurricane. Believe it or not, he's still waiting for his internet. You yep. know, so uh, that's the reason for that. If you can't get a hold of him, um. But again, that's nothing compared to what people in Puerto Rico and St. Thomas, St. Croix, and the Caribbean are going through. We were just inconvenienced, so it yep. is what it is. But anyway, we appreciate everybody tuning in, listening. Uh, next week, we're going to have a brand-new, fresh topic for you. Uh, we've got a couple ideas. Uh, we haven't decided on anything. We kind of just um, – well, we appreciate you. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying your name right. Jalisa, I, would just, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um appreciate you listening. Uh, all the first-time listeners that uh, tuned in, the sister that called in from Texas, appreciate you tuning in for the first time. I want to acknowledge all our international listeners. Uh, just want to, um, you know, always always acknowledge them. Uh, they support, uh, you know, Jagasu and the crew out there in Australia. We appreciate you guys. Um, family out there in Africa that listens in Ghana, we appreciate you. Portugal, Philippines. All through the Caribbean, St. Vincent, St. Thomas, St. Joy, uh, St. Croix, Virgin, all the Virgin Islands, Jamaica, Trinidad. Appreciate all you guys tuning in, listening. Uh, hopefully, I didn't forget anybody. Uh, England. I know we got listeners out there. Canada. Um, again, if I didn't mention you by name, we appreciate you guys live streaming because we know some of you can't be in here on the call. You live stream it via Facebook or Twitter, and we appreciate that. Appreciate the support. Uh, let everybody else know about the show. Uh, and thanks for tuning in and listening, and we will see everybody next week. Peace. Oh, I'm- 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.